thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 69. My guest today is BT, awesome comedian, former wrestler, uh, motocross enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker. Wait, actually, this is pretty funny. Listen to my, my, my outgoing answering machine message. It's not going to do it now. What is the answering machine now? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who is the answering machine? I mean, that's why I'm looking at like, what is that thing? <laughs> It's a funny message, but now they, I guess they're not even... I'm looking at it like, like, what is that? I don't even know how to turn it off. I kind of like the way we'll look at taxi cab drivers in like the next 10 years. What is that? Oh, the yellow thing. It's a taxi. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! You know? Seriously, man. That's what it's Dude, going. somebody was just telling me that self-driving cars are about to be a thing. Well, you know, they uh, in, in Arizona, they kill somebody. Seriously. I heard that too, so it set them back a little bit. Y- you think? <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, they kill somebody. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's a, you know that's the, I, I think self driving car would be great for black people. You know, cops can't really fuck with you. If you're in a car, anybody yeah. driving, you can't shoot me. I mean, what? I'm I'm just in the car, man. Yeah, right. Nobody was driving. I was just in the car. What the self driving car would pull itself over? You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, shit, they behind us, man. You know. Self-driving car, be paranoid and pull over. Officer, could you please help me? <laughs> oh, come on, self-driving car. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I wish, I wish everything would just slow the fuck down. It's not. I mean, people say it's, it, but it's not going. To, it's not, right? man, because you, we're never gonna go backwards. Nobody. No. Unless you, unless you decide to live completely off the grid and, and like that, and like seriously, go like to Alaska. Or where you have to saw your own, you know, make your own house and and grow your own stuff, weeds and, and homeschool your kid. We're not going backwards. So it's either yeah. either yeah, you you get with the program, like I coach say, either you get with the program or you can walk out that door. <laughs> All right, it's my way or the highway, and that's and that's basically what the, the society is basically your wrestling coach going. Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go this way, and if you don't want to give the program, you can walk right out that door. Yeah. Okay, let's go, guys. That's very true. Um, you know, sometimes I yearn for a simpler time, but it ain't, you're right, it ain't gonna happen. Not unless there's like a maximum overdrive Terminator situation, and then all we're all eating rats and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that went way wow, wow. But you know what though? Where does it break down though? I mean, it's got. I mean, it's got to have a a thing where like you're not gonna go backwards, but does it break? Does the system break down to where we have to reduce to being like okay, like. You've been in a situation, say the power goes out at a grocery store, and they have to, like, do manual, like, you you know, you ever seen them, they had to go manual, like, add stuff up, and and it just blows their fucking mind? Oh, yeah. That, that That's the scary part. Like, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that, that kind of scares me. I mean, I went to my bank last week, literally, and I don't know about you, but I can count, like, 24 to 60, 80, but if it's 24 to 60, and then there's, a, I, like, I fuck up and put, like, like, three ones in there, and then there's, like, a 10 and a 5, and then you go back to 20, I go... 
shit. And I had that as surge of anxiety, like, oh, I really don't know how much money that was, but I'm just going to give it to her. Yeah. And whatever she says, I'll go, okay. Right. And so I gave it to her, and she had that look, because she went across the ones, and she had a similar guy hat, and I go, no! And she looked at me, and I go, and we looked at each other, and she goes, just because I work at a bank, don't mean I can count. And I go, that's kind of funny, but that's my fucking money right. that you got. And she said that, and I go, that's great, but that's my money. So it... It, 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 when it breaks down like that, it's gonna be the scariest thing ever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we're not used to that. We're used to we're used to being lazy with it. I mean, that's why our phones have calculators on them. Yeah. you know what I mean? We're not used to like the, the old days. Like when your parents, they had, they actually had to learn shit. Yeah, your parents and the and and your grandparent, your grandparents really had to. They were the OGs, man. They had to learn shit. Right. like carry the one, a percentage. <laughs> like they had to know that shit. Now like ah, I'll just yeah, go on my fucking phone. My phone's got a calculator. Yeah, man, we're we're gonna be the most. The next generation after us is gonna be stupid in a way, not not like uh, what like mechanisms or devices, right. stupid, but stupid in a sense of common sense, how to figure shit out, stupid. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Sure, and in, in a social way too, I think. I think in a social. Well, you know what? Demolition Man almost had. Remember years ago, we watched Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes, and uh, and he Sandra Bullock was in the movie. And she was like, "Going to have sex?" And he was like, "Yeah." yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was going. He wanted to do it the traditional way. She goes, "No, virtually." And it was remember they had like to put the things on. They were have sex like virtually. And it was like that was before its time. That movie was came out. It had to be in the nineties. Yeah. And it was like what you know. And it's like what, what that's stupid. But now it makes sense. I think about that all the time now. Like movies back in the day. And what they talking about the future? Now I doubt we'll have the same uniforms. <laughs> Shit, those gray ass uniforms, whatever. We're all <laughs> walking around like. Look like an extra from my MC Hammer video, but uh, but I think but I think it's going to be similar to that in, in in how we communicate with people. Like I mean, like traditional sex might be out the window. Now I'm not in the the club scene, but I don't think kids, I don't think people slow dance anymore, do they? Where you, you know you get that grind on, you first hard on and shit, where you you know get that slow dance that you know I mean seriously, you know like I don't know what goes on in nightclubs because I'm not out of that scene, but. Do they slow dance anymore? Do you get that grind and you fucking feel the girl's butt? Do you do that anymore? I don't know. Well, Matt was telling me, and I can't remember if you and I already talked about this on the last podcast, but Matt from uh, Deja Vu in Columbia, Missouri, was like, you know, I was like, why is business getting, you know, they, they had to close that club down. Yes, hurt my feelings. And, and he was like, he was like, I was like, what happened to this club? Like, why, how did it get from being so busy all the time mm -hmm. to struggling? And he's like, well, part of it, I think, is because kids nowadays they don't have to take a girl out and they don't have to show them a good time and buy them drinks and take them to the club and all that now they just swipe right you know to get laid and they you know and they don't have to it's not an event anymore like to take a girl out and they get to know them and all that now you just get on the phone and swipe right and i'm like i never thought about that i, I got out of the out of this shit too early people say that <laughs> but at the same time though okay you do they say you do swipe right but you still got to go do something though Right. So that's it. I mean, I said it, but to meet them, yeah, you might swipe right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you still, after you do meet them, you can't just meet somebody, hey, you want it. But, you know, you got to still go about. There's still, I think there's still going to be that element of you still have to do stuff. Like, hey, you want to come hang out? Wink, wink. Well, if or, you want a girlfriend, you do. But to get laid, I don't think you do anymore. I don't know how that works. I really don't know how it works. I'm really I, not. I don't either. I got out. I got out just before all that shit happened. Well, you, you're good, man, because I'm, I'm still in. I'm still in. I'm still in. You know, I, feel, I just feel like Danny Glover. I'm still in. Do you want kids and marriage and all that shit or never? 
it, it, why would I want it now? It's done. The way I look at it now is, look, I looked at it like, one of the few things I looked in the future, I go, listen, I know me. I was a fuck up. And when I was living my life, so, and I, I, I'm getting life later. And I knew I would. So my philosophy was, why get married when no, no one's not going to work and I'll get divorced? I'll just catch them on the back end. Where in the beginning, they're like, fuck you, BT, blah, blah, blah. Well, now that he's gotten divorced, they gained 20 pounds, and now they come back and see marriage, and, you know, they all cracked up to be, and they're coming back and go, you know what, you really weren't that bad. <laughs> exactly, I told you. So now I'm seeing him on the, I get him on the back end now. You know what I mean? I mean, we're all 20 pounds heavier. We're all this and that, and it's like, and it doesn't really make a difference anymore. You know, I'm not as, as uh, frivolous or, you know, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, when you're... Uh, Promiscuous? No, uh, what do you call it? No, it's <laughs> 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 one narcissistic now, like you know, or like looking at a girl like ah, she's not perfect. Like ah, who cares, man? You're at the age where it's like, eh, she's cool. You know, eat pizza in bed together and just talk about stuff and laugh, and then you know, and then hopefully she'll find her way out. You know, <laughs> you're just being hard on yourself though, right? Like you weren't really a fuck up, were you? Well, just in the sense of like, I knew I wasn't gonna like you know get on a knee and ask a girl to marry me. Yeah. I, knew, I knew that wasn't gonna happen. I mean, it was all it was all fun and games, but it was always career first or see where you know it was gonna last. And I was like, and in relationship was like, and people they don't joke it, but it's the truth. I never thought what you do is you found somebody and you go to get married. I thought you go go out with somebody for a while and then you go, okay, it was fun. And then that's, I really thought I never thought to get married ever. People yeah. go, you never asked a girl to marry you. I go, that was never in the cards ever. Yeah. I mean, my parents used to fight growing up, and, it's, and it kind of fucked me up. And I was like. Okay, I don't want to get part of this. So I just thought you go out with somebody, you have a good time, and then it's like, okay, well that was that was it, and you know, and you go. I mean, honestly, that's the way I thought things, man. And it sounds weird, but it's like the truth because it was. It's like I'd rather I'm almost the, the New England Patriot way. I'd rather leave them like a couple months too early <laughs> than go on where it's just a drag. Or oh god, okay, so where are you at this week? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna see you when. Uh, okay, you know what I mean? I really have gone, oh, you know, yeah. we were just, uh, I was trying to fall in love with you. Yeah, baby, well, you know, I'd rather end it or too early than have it just drag. We just, we kind of hate each other and it's getting to the point, you go, you, you can feel it's not really there anymore, but you kind of, you try to force it, and which is even worse. And you're yeah. like, uh, so, yeah, so I, I was, I adopted New England Patriot way a, a long time ago. <laughs> and no desire for children, because it seems to me like you'd be a great dad. My roommate, that's why I was watching my, on my phone, my roommate's uh, kid, they were, they're at the fair, a county fair, and she sent me the video. And it's like, honestly, it's like, that's my kid, man. Like, we go, like, we'll go and, uh, when she gets custody of him, we'll go and, and do stuff together. And it's like, yeah, man, that's why it's close to coming to being a dad. And I like it, it's fun. You know, like, he's finally starting to, like, ask about me, and we'll go out, and I'll, I'll get stuff for him, and he was being a dick to me, he was like, you know, I get out, you know, you're not kids, are they, go, get out, you know, I don't like you anymore, and he started, and I go, really, I go, I won't get you any more toys, and he looked up at me, kind of smiled, like he gets it, you know what I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll send Amazon packages, or when I'm away, I'll order something from Amazon for him, and he gets to the point now, he'll come home, he'll see Amazon package, and go, mama, BT got that for me, she go, how do you know, and he, he'll literally go to the package, and he'll go, it's for me, Mom. And he knows it's for him. How old is so, he? He's three. Okay, wow. He knows. So, yeah, man. So, that's cool. It's weird, but it's like, that placates me now. And, and I'm happy with that. I don't know how long it's going to be before I'm probably going to move out, which I, I should have moved out a long time ago. But it's like, I love She literally have to shove me out because I love it. 
I come home from the road, I come home from working, and I get to play with the kid, and we have a good time, and then, like, you know, then she does her own thing, I do my own thing, and then sometimes the kid goes back to, you know, it's other mom, and it's like, okay, I'm good, then I go do whatever I gotta do, you know, and so, I like it, man, because it's still, I still have stuff I want to do in this, in this business, and I just don't, I'm not, I'm bad with time management. Yeah. So it's always been career, 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 career. And it's like, I always felt guilty when I lived out here and I wouldn't do anything related to, to comedy. If I was like on a, went to a movie or something, I was like, this is weird. I shouldn't, I feel guilty. I should be in Hollywood doing a set somewhere. I should be, you know what I mean? You have a hard time relaxing? At, when I'm out here, if yeah. I'm out here, yeah. I mean, we're in the Midwest, man, on a Monday or Tuesday night. I mean, there's, I mean, the, as great as the Midwest can be for everything else in life, it's anything but show business. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's the that's the catch twenty two. I mean, you, I mean, you live out here, man. You know, like, you know, you had the the, the doc. You were just at the doctor's office. You were frustrated because you could, you know, you were there for how long? And then you see the doctor. And I was in traffic to go ten miles. It took me thirty minutes. And you go, is this shit worth it? And then in Midwest, you can get somewhere here and there. You get, you know, you get you get a nice size house. You get like maybe you know a couple acres, a pool for like thirty four bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But out here. You're paying out the ass. You're going. Is this shit even fucking worth it? But then, like that, that, that promise of a new day. That maybe this audition is going to change my life. Maybe you know what I mean. Like I always say, LA is like that hot chick who drives you crazy. And just when you think, why do I go out with her? For for some reason, she just makes you pancakes. And you go, okay, 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 okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she makes you laugh. And you go, okay, I can deal with this for a little bit more. And that's what it's like. Yeah. So. And every little, and there's always something that keeps you, you know, right, right, right about the time you're like, man, fuck this, I'm leaving, I don't need this shit, then something always pulls you back in. It's always something like that. Plus the weather out here is enough reason just about to live here. Man, I got, that weather is the, even yeah. Though even though it's hot as fuck today. It's not the summer. It's the winter that gets you because you look at the Weather Channel and you, you see. You mean in like Indianapolis? You look at the winter, the winter Weather Channel. I mean, yeah, if you're in the, if in the winter time or the fall and you look at what's happening in the Midwest or the East, you go, "I'm so glad I live out here." Yeah. You go, "Yeah." Or especially if you do a gig, you go to the Midwest, do a gig, and you and, and it's kind of shitty. You come back out here and you land, and you see the sun, you go, "Yeah." Yeah. You go, "Yeah." <laughs> and then you get on the four hundred five, and you're just going. Okay, it's a Tuesday at 11 o'clock at night. Why aren't we moving? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I drove back from Vegas. The last time I did Vegas was a few weeks ago, almost a month ago now already. And uh, I left at midnight. Or actually, it ended up being like more like 1 o'clock in the morning. I hit traffic at 4 a.m. coming back here. Yep. I was like, what in the fuck yeah, is going man. on? What am I doing here? But like I say about a lot of things, nothing's perfect and everything's a trade-off. Everything. That's, just, that's just life. You're always going to give up something for something. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. Always. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a, a, a woman or a, where you live, your area code, your career. Always. Everything's a trade-off. Yeah. Everything is. And you, you got to decide how much of it is, is it worth it. Is that trade-off worth it? You know what I mean? I mean, for me, it's like, man, I technically have nothing holding me back. Technically. I mean, I really technically could come. In, I mean, could leave and be back out here, but then I, but I go, do I want to go through that again? Do I want to go with, like, you know, I probably couldn't afford a house, so I, you know, I want to go back to apartment living, or do like, I finally could afford a motorcycle? Do I want to? I got to find a storage unit for my motorcycle. Do I want to do this and then it's like, man, it, it it ties me. It ties. It makes my head hurt when I think about it. Yeah. It literally makes my head 
hurt thinking about it. I go about moving back out here. Yeah, I mean, I think you understand. Every day, every day, I think that. Every day, because it's like, do I do that or do I die that slow death in Indianapolis? Yeah. You know what I mean? But when I'm riding up my bicycle to the gym and there's a little bit of traffic, just very little, if at all, any traffic on my way to the gym, it's like, okay, this is cool. And I go to the gym and I do my thing and it's like, you know, nobody's really been fucking with me. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is cool. But then, you know, the nighttime comes, I'm like, man, I should be doing a set somewhere, but it's, right. it's Indy, so where do you know, I'm going to go? So. You know, it's funny that you're that you know life is just weird. I remember when I first started doing comedy, you uh, headlined Westport, and Steve Kramer featured for you. And I don't know if you remember that; it's been a long time ago. But um, I remember like I was new enough that I was like, "Oh, that's BT. That's that's the headliner." And I, you know, when you're when you're first starting out, you think everybody is, that's the headliner is fucking famous, and uh, and Kramer was featuring for you, and you were the headliner, and now you're here in my office and we're, uh, you know, doing this podcast. That's just funny you say that because... Because I remember, I remember feeling kind of intimidated by you just yeah. because you were the headliner and I was just like, you know, like we didn't really even speak or anything. I just like saw you and was like, oh, that's the headliner, that's the guy. I hope I was nice to you. Okay. Well, I didn't, we didn't really talk. I okay. just knew that who you were and all that stuff. And okay. you seem very nice to okay. everybody. Okay. You, I, I try to be. I've never not seen you be nice. I try to be. I'm sure I've had my moments, but I try to be. But I just remember, you, funny you say it, because I, I think that was the same week that the guy, the opener was Chris Porter. Oh, really? And he drove me around to like the radio and stuff. And it's funny, because it was like, you know, I like Chris, he was a cool dude. And then, so to see him now, to see him now, and he's cool to me, but there's a little bit of like, uh, it's hard to say, he's not, he's not a dick. And he's not, but it's like a little bit of, ugh. And I kind of get it, but it's like, I, you know, we, we don't talk like we, you know. And I maybe I get it, but it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'm so happy for success, and there's no bitterness. It's just a weird kind of, because he come, he's come up and just boom, and good for him. I'm so happy for him, but it's a weird kind of, okay, Chris, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, we did a video for um, um, Craig, uh, Craig Gass. Okay. It was me, Craig Gass, and Chris, and in Indianapolis, and, um. Uh, and uh, it was him meeting, uh, um, who was a quarterback at the time? Uh, he, he was from Seattle, uh, uh, not Steinbeck, but Hasselbeck. Okay. And he had, he had a bit about Hasselbeck, how much he loves Hasselbeck. And, and so we did a video and I was in there and, and Chris was in there. And, and it's weird, man. It's like we don't really talk. Or like we, I could, we were like tight as, we were thick as thieves when we worked together in, in, in Kansas City. And I realized like, you know, he went up and now it's more like, a, you know, he's, Doing his thing, which is good for him, but it's like it's a weird kind of I don't know. Is he, is he not cool to you? No, no, but like it's not that. It's just it's hard to describe, man. It's not like he's not cool to me, and he's not a dick, but it's just a weird kind of I can't describe. It. It's like it's kind of like I'm bigger than you, or better. I say better, but yeah, like I'm bigger than you, and it's like oh hey BT, and it's like oh man I can't describe. Cause I don't want to come off like Chris is a dick to me, which he's not. Yeah, he's not a dick, but it's like a. Oh man, it's hard to describe. Kind of like say, say the the student surpassed the teacher, yeah. and now the student is doing a lot better than the teacher. Not that I taught him. I'm not saying that. Not that I taught him, but right. he was open and I was headline, and so now he's man. Yeah, God bless the dude. So it's more of like a kind of like a that. If that makes any sense at all. If that makes any. I sense I think at I know all. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, man, I get it. And I always say, 
I can always tell when somebody gets big because they don't talk to me anymore. Somebody gets big because me and Miss Pat, you know who Miss Pat is? I know of her. Miss Pat lives in the same. We just moved. Live in a suburb. We live in the same suburb. And we don't talk anymore. And uh, and it's kind of like that. Miss Pat is big time now. It's like okay, Miss Pat, whatever. Like I'll leave. I always leave things on our Instagram, and I think we. We, we direct message each other, but it's one of those things, I don't know about you, you ever direct message people, and for some reason one of you just says, fuck it, and don't go back to answer the question, I guess, well, I guess this conversation's done. You ever done that? People, people do that to me all the time. You ever direct message people, and you're talking, and I guess maybe something happens, and you go, yeah, and you forget to come back, and you're just like, well, I guess this conversation's over. I do that occasionally, but people seem to do it to me all the time. I don't know if it's me or... <laughs> I mean, I don't, man, it's like... And I think it's we, we I think we've accepted that as the reality of how our life is now. Yeah, people have short attention spans too, and they get easily, you know, like a JD Bergman, the guy I was just ta- we were just talking about, the world team member. He called me the other day, and I knew as soon as I checked his voicemail, I'm like, if I don't call him right back, I'm gonna forget because it just gets lost in the, it just gets pushed down and lost, lost in, in the shuffle. shuffle. Lost in and the then, shuffle. You know. Yeah, like, man. That kind of shit happens too. Well, you know what? This is one of the few times I always want to do a bit about this. Not even a bit, but it's the truth. This is this will be one of the few times in life, and no one pays attention to this, that we're actually listening to each other and no one's interrupting. If you you can't have a conversation now at all if it's more than two people. Mm-hmm. It, it, I consciously be around, let's say at least three people, or content and just consciously kind of halfway remove yourself conversation or just pay attention to it. No one will be able to complete a sentence without somebody butting in. Yeah. Or or somebody getting a complete sentence out without somebody, oh, you know what, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. conversations now are a commodity. Yeah. Conversation now, you have a better chance of finding a buried treasure than having a full conversation with somebody without somebody butting in. And that's just the truth. And I remember it starting out here when I was out here. I go to the improv or anywhere, any comedy club, and have a conversation somewhere at one on one. Somebody has to come up who, like, Tim! And you'll have to, boom, talk to them or BT, and boom, and our conversation's over. Right. And that's and it's it's annoying, but I guess it's the norm now. But I remember being out here when I first came out. And I go, this is kind of fucking annoying. Like, I you have be having a great conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. and somebody, somebody has to walk up and you go, hey, okay, that's done. And you but you kind of have to talk to them man, because or whatever. And then they're going over there and it's like, okay, I guess it's over. So this is one of the few times ever we can actually have a full conversation without being interrupted. Just yeah. be, you know, there's two people. Because I think that's 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 the thing now that's uh, of the past. Yeah. A conversation. Think about that. Next time you're in conversation with more than three people, more than two people, constantly listen and see if somebody gets a, a, a complete sentence out. Yeah. Or somebody or somebody will jump in and ask a, a question that's a non sequitur and you go, all right, well. Especially if there's alcohol involved. Like, I was just doing some shows and some people that were talking to me, they would ask me questions and they wouldn't let me answer them. And I, it was, that is probably my biggest pet peeve. I'm like, you don't even fucking need me right now. Like, why did you ask me a question and not let me finish the fucking thing? Or they get like, they just get so amped up that they start talking. And I'm like, I wasn't done, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, that's when you can excuse yourself from conversation. Because when they start talking, I, I noticed that too. Especially if you're drinking, they'll answer a question. They'll ask you a question, but they'll an, almost answer it for you. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and after that, just kind of slow. I can do that easy. Like, oh, excuse me for a second. Yeah. So, and slowly move yourself from it. Yeah. They'll ask you a question, and, and, and when that starts, you go, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done here. That is also why I, what part of the thing I love about stand up is because I'm kind of a quiet person, and a lot of times people ask me something, they won't let me finish, or they'll interrupt me. 
But on stage, unless it's like a shitty crowd or some dick in the audience, it's my time to yeah. say what I want to say without you interrupting me and let me finish what I'm trying to say and get my point out. And if I have a, a bit that's a little edgy or whatever, they have to listen to the whole thing rather than interrupt me before I'm done making my point. Does that make sense? Yeah, you basically have to be a woman when she comes home from work. You know how as a man you have to listen, like, how was your day? And then, boom, right? <laughs> that's basically, that's basically what you do. I mean, that is, that's it. I mean, it really is. It's like, all you got to do is ask a woman, hey, baby, how was your day? And then go, okay, I was just about myself 10 minutes. You know then, what? Oh. I, I have to... Uh, toot my wife's horn when it comes to that. She is so... I have to drag shit out of her sometimes. That's she, good. She is not that kind of... Uh, and, and I was hearing comics joking about, like, like this comic I was just working with had this bit about... You know, it was a funny bit, but it was about how... And I guess a lot of people can relate to it, but he was talking about how you have to check in with your wife, and if you don't, then X, Y, Z, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, you know... There are days where I, my wife and I might even not even talk on the phone. It might just text. If there's nothing to talk about, beautiful. you know, That's yeah, beautiful. it's fucking That's great. Beautiful. You know, I, I leave town for a couple of days and we come back and it's like all brand new again because she's not in my ass the whole time I'm gone. That, yeah. What are you doing right this second? What are you doing now? What are you doing right this second? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing shit. If I do, I'll let you know. And but she's not. She just. You got the I, right one. I lucked the fuck up when it yeah, comes. Yeah, you did. When it comes to all that stuff. That's it. Then you know you got the right one. Then yeah, seriously, because you you know that's it. Bingo. Because I dated a girl, man. I could find these old phone bills where she would call. She worked uh, one of those jobs where she went, and she would, went to different places all day long. And I swear to God, after every appointment, she would call me. And I'm like, fuck, this is the twelve call today. <laughs> like. What what has changed? Ain't nothing changed. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah, babe. Okay. Really? Damn. Oh, really? Oh, man. Wow. And from what I understand, a lot of people have to deal with that. And I'm like, man, I, I get it, but I'm glad I don't have to fuck with it no more. But uh, not me. I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. No, and you know what? I'm happy with that. When I got nothing, like I have nothing. Like I, I'm, I'm not even a booty call. Nothing. And you know what? I don't even care. Yeah. I really don't. People, and that's why, like, honestly, I'm, I'm getting to that point in the act I'll go, I mean, I might have to have, like, get a girlfriend just so I have material in my act so I can relate <laughs> to people. Because I don't care that I don't have, like, to this day, this happened two years ago, and I, man, I remember, this still stays in my craw, and I wish I would have said something back then. I was in Cedar Rapids, and I was talking about, you know, whatever, dating, whatever, da, 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 da. And this dude goes, at least I have a wife. And I'm gonna go, motherfucker, what the fuck does that mean? And like, he said it in a way, kind of like, like, kind of like I'm a loser, I guess, or whatever. Right. And for some reason, I didn't really jump on him on that. Because I, I felt like I had to get to my joke, you know, I had, I had a joke behind this, and, and it was gonna. This now, was on stage. Yeah, okay. he, like, he, he was off stage. Okay. And he goes, at least I have a wife. And I want, and I, and, to, and I was, and I'm pissed off to this day that I didn't jump on him and like, what the fuck? And I wish, and, and I came back to see the Rapids last year and I was hoping he was there. Again, with that, it, it stayed in my craw and it continues to stay in my craw that I didn't <laughs> say shit to him. I want to go, what the fuck does that mean? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're better than me because you have a fucking wife. And I, and then I thought, well, it would have got nasty. I go, really? Do you, is that the one you really wanted though? Yeah, yeah. Or are you just afraid of being alone? You know what I mean? So, right. I'm, it may have gotten nasty, but, but you understand, man. 
That stayed in the back and it gnawed at me and fucking till I came back. I, I hope that motherfucker's there. Like the first night, I go, I hope he's there. I hope and I go, dang. I, I remember he was sitting right the fuck there. And see, you know, Penguin and Sea Rapids, when you walk down the thing, he was sitting right there. And I went Friday, he wasn't there. I go, please let him be there Saturday. And he wasn't. I go, fuck. And I just remember driving back on my motorcycle back to the end. I was like, damn, that motherfucker wasn't there. You know what I mean? I, I mean, the whole way back, I'm, damn it. Mm-hmm. I wish he was there. I was, just, all I was hoping that whole weekend was, I hope he's there. And I'm going to do that same bit. And I hope he says something. Because if he does, I'm coming in with a fucking arsenal. <laughs> and he wasn't there. And that's, it's funny. It stays in your fucking craw that I didn't say. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm thinking, am I going to have something to relate to, to, relate to people? Because... They like think I'm joking, but I don't care. I don't care that I don't have anybody. I really don't. I mean, like I said, for my birthday, I did 10 days in Europe by myself. So that was 10 days I didn't talk to anybody. That was 10 days, actually probably eight, because I had some friends. We went to a, a racetrack in Italy, and we rode motorcycles and stuff. But then after that, when I went to Milan and ran a motorcycle, I didn't talk to anybody all day. So I'm on a motorcycle going, I went, the, the whole day was 700 kilometers. So I went to this mountaintop. Went, to, I went I rented a bike in Milan, rode all the way through Italy, past the lake. I don't know if it was Lake Cuomo. I don't know where it was, but you know, past the lake, up the mountain. There was snow on top of the mountain. There was snow. I mean, you get bicycle riders get ready for the Tour de France. Yeah. It was so it was, excuse me, so narrow in some places that a car couldn't go up. It was so narrow that you, they had a. I don't know how they did it, man. They had a, they had a, a like the stoplights inside the mountain. It's hard to describe, but only bicycles could go through. Okay. I mean, that's how narrow the road was at one time. And you're looking down, it's like, oh shit. Man, I didn't talk to anybody all day. I got to the top of the mountain. It was just me on top of a mountain. I mean, it was just so euphoric. It's just like, wow. I mean, there's the flag of Italy, uh, Switzerland, and some other country that I should know. But you know, I grew up in Oklahoma, so I don't know what the fuck that country was. <laughs> but but there's these flags, and I'm going, this is great. And I, I literally just took the motorcycle, went across just to say I went to Switzerland, did a U-turn. And came back, and you know I mean, these guys on the bicycle beat me down, beat me down the mountain. Like, like I said, they're getting ready for the Tour de France. They had support cars, and didn't talk to anybody all day. Drove seven hundred miles, came back to my hotel, and I mean, for about a, four, a three or four day period, I didn't talk to anybody, and it was great. I, and I, I didn't feel like, man, I wish I was sharing this with somebody. It never crossed my mind. Yeah. Like every now and then, like today, for some reason, for about a thirty second period, I go, it'd be kind of nice to, I don't know. Maybe hook somebody or, you know, maybe get a kiss, but eh. and 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 it, and it goes. Yeah. And it goes. It literally just goes. I go, it'd be kind of nice. All right, fuck it. And then I'm doing my thing. Have you always been cool being by yourself? I think a lot of good comedians, and that's a misconception that a lot of people have about comedians, is that we're always wanting to be the life of the party and be around the people and all that shit. But for the most part, most of the best comedians I know are really cool being by themselves. And other than when we're on that stage, and everyone, it's weird. When I get off stage, a lot of times, like, I'll be up there for 45 minutes to an hour doing my thing. And then as soon as they say, I say goodnight, it's like I walk through the crowd and I have a hard time looking at the people as I'm walking through the crowd. Yes. Isn't that weird? Yeah, man, I get it more now. <laughs> I get it more now. I mean, back in the day, like, I was thinking about this today, but I was thinking, man, sometimes I want to go back to the people I met in my 20s and 30s when I really had a lot of energy and I want to go apologize to them because I couldn't control my energy and I fucking annoyed the fuck out of them. Like, I wish I could go back and apologize. Like, I know I was kind of hard to deal with, but I'm just like, I was so energetic now. But now it's, yeah, now I feel that more than ever. Now it's like, and like I finished my show and and you nailed it. It's like, I just want to be like, just leave me the fuck alone. Like, that's why, like, when I fly, 
Where I fly to, I love it because no one talks to me all day. Yeah. No one knew you on an airplane. No one talked. I mean, there's times I've been in the, you know, sitting down in my seat. If I had a window seat, wait, window aisle doesn't matter. People sit right next to me, and a word is not said. And it doesn't bother me one fucking bit. I love it. I love not talking to anybody. I love just like, I just love doing my own thing and just being left the fuck alone. Like, like wherever the, if I see a crowd go this way, I'll go this way. You know what I mean? Like, if I go to the movies, I go, please let them all be going to see this piece of shit because I'm going to see this movie. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'll go see this movie and pray nobody's in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that I like more than walk to a movie theater and there's no one there. Maybe it's a couple of people. I go, perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 and it's getting to the point where it's almost scary how much I like being by myself. Yeah. It's almost scary. You know, I, I think... Remember Patrice O'Neill had the greatest line? He goes, men want to be alone but we don't be by ourselves which is a great line yeah me i might be the exact opposite but like i said i, I do have the yin and yang like so when i go home my roommate's kid it, it, if he's there i don't mind that at all and i don't mind her being there because i know i'm only gonna be with them for about three hours and that's a and that's the three hours i cherish because i know they go to bed early and i'm still in that fucking like i'm 20 year old mindset where i stay up to three or four in the morning for what reason? I have no fucking clue, but that's just how I am. It's just how you're wired. And I'm wired. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. I like being with myself. And it's even getting even... I'm, lo I'm loving even more now. So, I think... Like, I don't know if I can be... I don't know if I can break out of this, man. It's like, I feel like those people who've been institutionalized, they've been in jail their whole <laughs> life. You know, it's like, man, I don't want to go on the outside because I want to go back in. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It's scary. It's like, I, I like being by myself. I don't like... It's to the point... I almost don't even want to sell shit. Like, I still have CDs. Like who, who does CDs now? But I still like CDs left over, so I want to get them all done. Yeah. And so, but part of me is like, I don't want to stand around and try to sell these so I have to talk to people. Yeah. Selling merch is great when you're selling it, but when you're not and you're just standing there like a jackass, oh, there's nothing worse. It, right? It's a and worse it's, feeling. Yeah, I want to go like, do I really want this? Do I really want this extra money that bad? Do I have to talk to people? I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Isn't that the worst? Like, and if anybody's listening who's like, goes to comedy clubs, like, it's nothing against you personally, but it's like, do I really, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know about you, but don't people always have something, there's always, and 90% of people are great, 95, but there's always that 1% maybe that says something, just, you just get that little tick and you think, you know what? And you have to hold yourself back from saying something. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, does, yeah. does that happen to you? Yeah, sure. And unfortunately, those are the people that you remember. Like, like you, like you kind of touched on the people. Most of the people that you would like for you to come up and speak to you, they don't. And it's always, it's oftentimes the people that you're like, of all the motherfuckers that are here, <laughs> of all the people I'd be cool with talking to, why are you the one? <laughs> Won't you shut the fuck up? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like. Why are you yet? Yeah, yeah, and the one person who's like has an interesting thing, like, like you know, you think okay, and they said something like, you know, maybe like, you know, one joke you do about things, like, oh, here it goes. But they'll offer something that you go, whoa, like, this is kind of interesting. But you yeah. can't have a conversation in a comedy club after a show because somebody else is gonna come up. Like I said, you can't have a conversation because somebody's gonna come up and say something else, and that person you can't get back to that person. Yeah, and it's like, oh. That was going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. But this motherfucker here wants to talk because he's been drinking. Yeah. You know, hey, man, you want to go party? 
no. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But by then, the interesting person is gone or whatever. Yeah, you turn around and they're fucking gone. Yeah, like, they're gone. Yeah. And you can tell there was going to be, you could tell it was going to be a good, interesting conversation. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, oh, because now intellect or an interesting conversation is something I cherish now. I, like shooting the shit with another comic about comedy or entertainment. Or in my case, if it's like about motorcycles, motorcycle racing, yeah, man. But if it's anything else, it's like, oh, God. Right? How, how do you get to so many races? You're always on social media at, at races like that's, that's in a, Europe and shit. How that's do you all get, I do, man. How do you get to all these places? Just fucking, that's what I do. I mean, send my money and just go. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, nothing told me back. So right. what I'm going to do, you know, it's like I got, I'm thinking about now, this would be stupid, but you know what I'm really thinking about going? I'm thinking about. Like, I think I get on, like, on Friday. I think about getting, a, a like, a late Friday night flight and going to the Czech Republic just to be there for two days and watch a motorcycle race and fly back. Really? I'm really thinking about that. I, th- I think that'd be some baller shit But you do. do that on a, fair, a fairly regular basis, right? But not like that. I usually go, I fly in and get there, like, on a Thursday. And then I fly back either on that Sunday after the race or definitely the Monday morning after the race. And it's one of those sports that you're, you know, it's not like... Uh... It's not like football where you go and you can't talk to the players. Like you can actually interact with the motorcycle riders dude, and make dude, friends with them, right? The, it's the top level of motorcycle race. Like form, it's like the Formula One of motorcycle race. One of those guys mailed me a helmet that I still wear today. He mailed me a helmet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and he's a guy. Like I'll go and no uh, cheese player mailing you a fucking helmet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're not gonna get that close. Security's gonna beat you down before you even get close. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, and I go to the the paddock. I'll be in a paddock and. Um, and I'll, in front of this trailer, you know, where the trucks are parked, I'll, I'll do an Instagram. I'll go, man, Bradley's blowing me off or something. And then so he'll respond on his Instagram and he'll see it. And they're busy, I know, and I'm just joking with him. And I did that to my buddy and he raced and he crashed out of the race. But at that race, I saw his press officer and she goes, come on, we're going to see Bradley. And we went up and, and he's with KTM. KTM is with in bed with Red Bull. So they got fucking dough. Right. So we go to their hospitality suite, which is literally a two-story building that they construct that that weekend. Two-story wooden building, and they have like catered everything. Comes up, and he sees me. He goes, and it's it's him, his girlfriend, his mom, his trainer. He gets up, gets me a seat, puts me down, and we just shot the shit for like thirty minutes. He and his dad. I mean, he came to see me perform comedy in Texas, man. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean. And it's like, and it's so cool, but like I said, that's the top level of that sport, and me and him are like this, you know what I mean, yeah. it's really cool, and yeah, I love it, man, it's like, there's something to be said for niche sports, that aren't, I mean, the, what, the sport aren't, it's not big. Like wrestling. Yeah, like the wrestling, man, I mean, I'm sure it'd be the same way, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it would be the same way for us, we yeah. go, like, you know, you know, Jiggy Berkman, or... If you go to the U.S. Open and spend an extra 50 bucks, you can be on the floor with the coaches, I was, I was... Within three feet, I was staying right next to Tom Brands, the head coach of Iowa. And uh, I was like, I may have told you this already, but I was standing there and I was like, I just started laughing. He looks at me like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Because he's so intense. Yeah. And I go, I just can't believe I'm watching a wrestling match with Tom Brands. And he goes, yeah, a really freaking important match too. And he wasn't mad. He was just so, he's just so, eh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I like clapped him on the back. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fucking cool. Like you said, you get tackled by security trying to do that shit at the Chiefs game. I'm just going to hang out on the sidelines and watch the game. You yeah, unless you're a woman, yeah, you're going to get fucking beat down. And seriously, unless you're, a, unless you're a woman, you're going to get beat down. It's, mm-hmm. it, if you could try that at a Major League Baseball, 
uh, football, definitely. Um, what's another big sport here? Uh, basketball. Yeah, you can't get that kind of access to those yeah, guys. Yeah, and when we did that benefit together, in which is where we kind of reconnected. Columbus. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio, we did a benefit for the regional training center for uh, uh, Ohio State. And uh, that's where I met J.D. Bergman. And now... We're friends. I mean, he calls me and he's like, "Yeah, hey, I haven't. I just wondered. I haven't. You know, wondered how you guys are doing. I haven't talked to you for a long time." And to me, that's the coolest shit in the world. The guy was on a two-time world team member, which is basically being on. It's the same thing as making the Olympic team, just in a different year. Yes. And uh, that's cool as shit to me. Isn't it though? Because that's our passion. That's our love. And I think that's in a way that's. It's hard to describe, but it's like that's the beauty of this job if you put the time in. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the beauty of this job, if you put the time in and you stick with it and you, and you keep trying to better yourself and whatever, it's almost like that seniority gets you now places that you've always wanted to go yeah. or you never thought about that you, you're like, oh my God, I'm here now. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the way it is now with me and motorcycle racing. Like, it's that love, my two loves growing up, wrestling and motorcycle. I, I discovered them at the same time. Mm -hmm. I remember being in third grade, third grade, yeah, third grade, third grade, and, and that flyer came out. And it was like somebody, you know, bad drawing, and you know, like, it, was, it had the, the ropes, like it was professional wrestling. And you know, and somebody, with the tongue out, and you yeah. know, you know, wanna wrestle? And I go, okay. And you know, I, I fucking like this. And then my dad, for my birthday, I remember coming home and every motorcycle, I was like, oh my God, and I got a motorcycle. And, those two passions were about the same, around the same time. So, you know, eventually you grow up, and then, you know, wrestling got me to junior college, but then junior college got me to comedy, blah, blah, blah. God, I want to get another motorcycle, but parents split up, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, I've reconnected. Now it's come full circle. You know yeah. what I mean? Now it's like, I'm back to my passions again. Yeah. Now, like, I follow wrestling, I also follow motorcycle, motorcycle racing, and I ride different bikes now. And I get to, I'm, you know, I do like, an article for this motorcycle magazine now. You know, he just hit me up today and said, you want to be the editor? And I go, yeah. And I, you know, do different things. So it's like, it, it, you're coming back, I'm coming back full circle to what has always been in my heart. Yeah. And that's been motorcycles and wrestling. Yeah. I'm sneaking back into, you know, wrestling. I, I do a handful of uh, benefits here and there for uh, for Poway Elite Wrestling Club and uh, their high school. I do benefits for them. And I'm hoping to do some stuff for Hawkeye Wrestling this year and all that stuff. And to me, that's just, you know, if I get, like, floor passes to the NCAAs just because oh my because of my yeah. what I do for a living, you know, and they all think, like, oh, what you do is cool. And I'm like, fuck, what you do is cool, you know. Yeah, man. Um, you know, you're a Jedi of what I, you know. Yeah, one to aspire to be. Yeah, I mean, I was a good wrestler, but you're a fucking great wrestler. Yeah, man, you're on a different <laughs> level wrestler. Okay, you guys, I always said you guys ought to do, like, you, you know Greg Warren, right? Yeah. You, Greg Warren, and Adam Hunter should do a, a, the Comedians of Wrestling Tour. And y'all should do it, like, at the, the weekend of the NCAAs. Yeah. Like, that night, like, uh, maybe, like, not that night, because obviously the finals but right. maybe a Sunday uh, well they probably want to leave so maybe before do the pre-show yeah. maybe a Wednesday night show before the, it all starts or you know what I mean because it starts at Thursday do a pre-show maybe an early 6 o'clock show yeah. you know for, for the wrestlers have it wherever, wherever it's going to be get a comedy club and say hey blah 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 and say come here and grant, I mean granted maybe the coaches the big coaches might not show up but you're going to still get some of the fans if you really promote it right do the, the comedians of wrestling tour and like you know Greg Warren's an all American he yeah. does stuff you wrestle Adam Hunter does great shit with MMA and you know he does 
Adam's great with this shit. So you do a comedian wrestling thing and go to all the events, like say with the world championships, they, you know, like uh, wherever in Iowa City, wherever they were, do that, like you know, find a venue and do it the night before or whatever, you know, kind of like a prelude. Everybody's having a good time. It kind of loosens everybody up, and boom, you're in. I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, comedian wrestling strip, do that, and that way you guys are in, man. I mean, that's just me. You know what shit, I mean? you should do it too. It should be a four Fuck of yeah, us. I do that shit. Yeah. I'll fucking host that shit in a minute. I love to be honest with you. I'll probably get on their fucking nerves. But I, 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 all I know is, I did get on Jordan Burroughs, though, because I would tweet him. I go, hey, man, you should come to my show. And he's tweeting back. And then I think I got on his nerve because he quit answering my tweets. Was he going to come? <laughs> uh, he goes, oh, man, I got tired of one. He said something like that. It was a while ago. And then I kept coming back to Omaha and I tweeted him. He never tweeted me back. So I guess I got on his nerves. I don't know. Nah, I didn't want to go. Yeah, hey, that's one of our friends. <laughs> what am I gonna say to a grown man? Hey, man, are you mad at me? <laughs> what am I gonna say to a world champion, an Olympic champion? Are hey, you mad at me? <laughs> I mean, how would that sound? You know what I mean? So I just let it go, but I have to laugh at it because I know how annoying I could be. So it's like I'm sure I got on his nerves and you know whatever. But so I gotta laugh at that because. You know, I keep trying to tweet him every time I go back to Omaha. Hey, you should go out to the bunny ball. I'm going to be here. And finally, he just quit responding. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I go, that's just me, man. Have you ever met him in person? No. I met him once at, after his world championship, his fourth one, I think, after he won his third or fourth one in Vegas. Uh, we went out there and watched it, which watching that up close is like watching Kumite. I mean, those fucking international guys are so good. And you meet them in the hallway, like you bump into them on accident, and it hurts. Like, they are just made out of rock. That's what I hear. And they are so fucking good. And I lost one of my contacts. I was, like, watching with binoculars. And, I mean, I was, like, in their grills, you know, because I was so close. And you could see just how fucking good these guys are. Anyway, I met him. Um, I sat there, and somebody said he was coming down, and, you know, they have to take drug tests and all that shit. And he came down and he took a picture with me. And this is after after he's, you know, wrestled five matches against top competition. He's got to be wasted tired. And he stood there and took pictures with everybody that wanted to. And uh, so, super nice guy. I mean, you know, from my limited... Yeah, uh, I wouldn't doubt that, though. Because yeah. when you know how to kick ass and you're at that level, then you have nothing to prove. There's no, I mean, so, I'm sure there's a couple of maybe, but maybe who maybe did, but for the most part... The guys who are at that top level, they know they can kick ass, so why even be a dick? They, yeah. they realize, they they know what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't know who, I forget who bit it was, but they were like, they met Bruce Brixton and said, he's a nice guy, and some dude was like, yeah, because, you know, what does he have, why does he have to be a dick? He, he's a guy, he sells all these records, he sells out. He's like a nice guy, of course he's nice, because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's why I looked at, like, here we go, when I used to go to Sacramento, I'll go to Uriah Faber's gym, at least I used to, before, you know, start breaking down but I used to go take the ground fighting class and all those guys remember the guys that I would see on the as far far back I go when it was like um, when before the UFC sucked it up that organization was with the uh, oh, I, get, I forget now but anyway the organization they used to be with before the UFC got them all the lightweights okay okay all those guys training at your favorite gym and those guys were the nicest guys ever yeah and that, I mean not, not one of them was a dick because for what? They were just nice. They talked to him. Hey, man. Nah, nah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they, they just get through sparring or whatever, and they're just nice. There's no, you know, fuck out. You know what I mean? It was just nice guys to me. Yeah. I mean, I rolled with one of the guys. I remember it was a, he was a champion for, a, he was a champion for maybe two matches, and he got knocked out. 
But uh, it was a dude from Chicago, skinny uh, Mexican kid. I forget his name. And we rolled for a little bit, but he kept like tapping me like this, and I was no competition for him. And then he was like, "All right, go somewhere else." Then he, he he literally was like, "Boom, boom." And the guy was like, "All right, go go with that." <laughs> I mean, seriously, because he was he was tapping me easy. It was something Torres, I think. I forget his name was, but. Yeah, man. I mean, I used to roll with those guys. I remember one of them, one of those motherfuckers caught me in a choke so quickly, and it ruined my voice for that night show. Oh, I mean, really? you understand? I, I mean, I wasn't trying to prove anything, so I, I, I tapped. There was no shame in my game. So we did a roll, and it was like, and he got it in and sunk it in so tight, and I go, I get, and it my, my, my voice is like, that's resonant. Dude, I had two shows, and I was like, it's resonant. Hey, how's everybody doing? And that's literally how it was. How did the shows go? It, it, for that first night, it was shitty because my, it was like this. Because he sunk it in and had it squeezed so tight. And I, I literally went like this. I didn't like, oh, I'm going to be a fucking man. He ain't going to get me. Right. Fuck that. I was like, like this. And he wasn't being a dick at all. He was just doing what he, you know, we were rolling. Sure. Yeah. So, and he and I tapped. <laughs> and it hurt. Man, it really did. So, yeah, man. I mean, those guys have nothing to prove. He was really cool. Just, hey, you, you good? Buddy? Yeah, man, I'm good. Fucking touched me. And it was like that. Kyle Snyder was like that. The first time I met him, I went to a world team camp. And I was actually working in Tempe, Arizona. And he they happened to be there. And this was when he was just a junior world champion. He hadn't become Kyle Snyder, Kyle Snyder yet. But I remember just going up to him and I had this world champion's hat. And uh, I've got uh, signatures of... Uh, I got this hat. It's this shitty brown hat. I just happened to have it. So I brought it with me and had all these guys sign it. And now I call it my world champion's hat. But it's got Kyle Snyder, Henry Cejudo, Jordan Burroughs, um, Andrew Howe, who never, I don't think he won a world championship, but nah. he's a fucking beast. Um, and I got all these studs on there, and I was just very impressed with how Kyle Snyder was like, you know, I wasn't going to bug him or anything, I was just saying hi, and would you sign my hat? And uh, then he was like, so where are you from? And I was like, you want to know where I'm from? Like, why do you even fucking... <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, most yeah. people are like, here's your fucking signature beat. Yeah. You know, Big uh, kid. <laughs> but he was like a 17 year old kid at the time, and I'm a grown ass man, almost pushing 40 at that point. Um, but he was very respectful and like nice and genuinely like wondering what the hell I, who I was and what I was doing there and where I was from. And you know, he was just cool as shit. Exactly. You know? And that's part of the reason I want, you know, if my son doesn't want to wrestle, then he doesn't want to wrestle, and that's all there is to it. I know it's not for everyone, but I would love for him to develop that kind of character yes you know exactly i want him to be able to look people in the eye and talk to them not like a lot of teenagers now that look at their phone and they can't even look at you and if you say hi to them in an elevator they look at you like what are you gonna do to me i'm like yeah I'm just saying hi motherfucker you're yeah. a person and you're in front of me and that's the kind of boy i want to raise yes you know just, you will you will yeah you i'm will. gonna i'm gonna do my best now nah, you will you will um, like i said otherwise the kids gonna get a forearm to the fucking Adam's apple when he's like <laughs> six years old and he don't like why you talk funny well my dad when I was six I uh, didn't look him in the eye and then he fucking stuck a forearm in my Adam's apple <laughs> that's what's gonna happen so I have no doubt your kid is gonna be a respectful kid I have no my, doubt you're making my ribs hurt no, no. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Did I get any questions I wanted to ask your ass? Um, speaking of being a night owl, I was just uh, uh, in Kansas City, and I had some of the best. My mom and I, she's a night owl too, and we talked until probably 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning every night, and uh, I've never felt so close to my mother. And the reason I bring that up is because I remember in the last podcast, you said that you and your mom 
had kind of a rough relationship when you're younger? Has that gotten better? You still talk to her a lot? You know what, man? It's like, yeah, because, man, I forget what happened recently that I can't say we had a falling out, but she got mad at me for something. It was some, man, to the point, like, I felt bad. Like, I pissed her off. Oh, we, I was late. I, we were going to the airport, and I was kind of late. And we were late, and there's traffic jam. So she goes, use, use um, OnStar. And I had my map on my phone right here. Mm-hmm. I go, no, Mom, I'm good. And she goes, go this way. No, Mom, I'm good. And, she, and, the, and the OnStar says something else. And I go, I go, fuck it, Mama. And I did the U-turn her to crap. And, man, I go, Mama, I know what I'm doing. And, man, I was so bad. But she got mad at me. Mm-hmm. So we were getting out of the car. I had to go to the airport because I was going to miss my fucking plane. And she was really upset. She was like, man, she goes, I mean, and, uh, and I felt bad, so I called her as soon as I got to my gate. I go, Mom, I'm good. Blah, blah. She goes, okay. I go, did you make it back? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, bye. I was like, oh, I pissed my mom. Mm-hmm. And I felt really, really bad. And then, so, I felt so bad that I made it, like, I think I, every time I work hyenas in Texas, I always go see my parents because it's so close. Okay, so, that's where they live. Yeah, yeah, they live in Oklahoma. Okay. You know, like Texas, oh, you know, okay. so. Right. So, I, I purposely said, I got to go back and kind of, you know. So I told my dad. My dad just laughed. He just laughed. <laughs> he made your mama mad. <laughs> he just laughed, right? So I go, man, this ain't funny. I go, I felt bad, man. So so I said, hey, mom, I'm coming in. And I mean, I was like, man, I'm like, mom, I don't want to see you. I was like, she said, okay. And then she picked me up from the airport. And it was like, we were good. And I said, okay, it's good. And then so she had some, she had some, med- she had some medical issues, like something on her eye. And I felt bad. She said she thought she was going to be, like, see the doctor. And she said, thought she was going to be blind for like a, a week or something because he was going to do a procedure and and she was getting ready to you know mentally prepare herself to be blind for a week and I was like that don't sound right so I go mama I'll tell you what why don't you set, set the uh, operation for this date and I'll drive to Oklahoma City and I'll, I'll do blah 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 you know and she goes okay and I just felt so guilty that I did that for her and then we you know, we were right back good again that's good and I felt good I was like man I really I really felt bad over that man because I, I was just like but I thought I was gonna miss my plane, and I was so fucking pissy. Sure. And I was, and I felt so bad. And I go, fuck this, man. I gotta get back to my mom. So we're good now. We're good now. Yeah. So, yeah, I gotta call her because she's uh, going through some medical stuff. So I said, good. You know, her and my dad were separately. They're both going to medical stuff. So it's kind of like ah. So yeah, I'm trying to get my dad to get do medical marijuana. Yeah. Do marijuana because I said you got nothing to lose, dad. I said I mailed him some CBD oil, and I was trying to tell him, listen, it doesn't have the THC, so you're not gonna get high. And he, and he goes, well, I don't want you to get caught with it. I go, Daddy, even if I do, it's not, I'm not going to go to jail because it's not, well, listen, I don't want you, if, if the cops come, I go, Daddy, listen, <laughs> he's still old school. He thinks I'm smuggling like kilos. You know right. what I mean? He's on Black Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Daddy, it's CBD oil. It's going to be good. You're good. And, you know, if a dog smell, it's not going to smell like it's going to have a THD. Okay, boy, but listen, I don't want I go, Daddy, just take the damn oil. And I, so yeah. I want him to get high. I want him to see if it works for him. I said, you got nothing to lose, Dad. Just do that. Yeah, he's got a friend that gets high. He's got a friend that's like 80, and he smokes dope. He's got a friend that's 80 who smokes marijuana. But I go, it's good. I mean, the, the, the cops ain't going to be looking for an 80-year-old dude. Right. I go, that's not who they're looking for. The guy's not selling it for distribution. He's just doing it for his own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And cops going to be like, go ahead. I mean, no, no cop's going to arrest an 80-year-old man. If he is, he's a fucking dick. Right. So I want my dad to do that and hope he gets better. So we'll see. But yeah, man, we're, we're mom back are good. We're yeah, good. my mom had some health issues recently, and it... She, we thought we were going to lose her for a minute, and uh, that really got me worried and all that. But then within the last 
within, before she even got sick within the last year or so, um, I was watching something on TV and it, I don't, I, I don't remember, I honestly don't remember what it was, but I started thinking about my mom and it uh, like made, started to make me tear up and I was like, I need to go call my mom right now. Yeah, man. And I like went out on the back porch and I called her and I apologized for basically any time I'd ever been impatient with her and just wanted her to know. I was like, I'm not, don't get worried. I'm not, I'm not about to die and you're not about to die, but I just wanted you to know certain things. And and, and ever since then, we've been, you know, I, I just, I've let go of a lot of shit from childhood and all that stuff. My dad's another story. We still, I don't really talk to him very much, but... Um, but things have gotten really good with my mom, so, uh, yeah, I don't know why I got started on that, but... No, man, no, it has to get out, man, it's, it's the truth, it's like, it's funny you say that, man, because I think, like, maybe it was, it was, it was really recently, maybe this week, where I was thinking, like, how, I can't say how, what, would I have been a better wrestler, would I have been better at this, but my mom held me back from a tournament, and that, man, I go, I still to this day think, I could have won the Webster tournament. <laughs> my mom fucking held me back from it and I that always stuck in my car and I was like I could have and I you know felt like I could have done so much but that mom kind of uh just lingered there and just I uh, think I mean in a way I hate to say it but in a way I think that's one of the reasons why on the back end I don't like relationships because I saw my mom holding me back Cause she want me to do this and that. Cause I think she didn't want me to leave, and that and I always my goal in life was leaving Muskogee, Oklahoma, and I then and, and she had such a, a large looming presence, an overbearing presence, that it probably still subconsciously is there. In yeah. Me. And it's like, yeah, you let go, and I think I have let go, and we're cool. And then sometimes it'll flare up and I go, fuck, man. And I think that's what it is. And I think that's the reason why I don't want relationships or or I just feel like my mom was such a... That it just it ruined a lot of stuff. Dude, almost everything we do, especially the fucked up things we do, yeah. comes from a subconscious place. Yes. And it takes a lot of work to figure out like what is a conscious thought and what is a... A subconscious thought, because that's why, like with jealousy or something, like it's one thing to be a grown man and think and say to yourself, yeah, that shouldn't that shouldn't bother you, and it's a whole different thing for it to genuinely not bother you. And I, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but childhood is a motherfucker, and we yes. still react sometimes just like we did when we were five when we first got traumatized by anything, which is why any kind of abuse is so fucked up, because. You, it affects you your entire life unless you go to therapy or you figure the shit out. You know, or you say it on a, a podcast. lot of people just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people right just there. drink it away that? or smoke it away. Yeah, or stick a needle in their arm or stick something up their nose or yeah, man. overeat or fucking work out too much. You know, we we all got our thing. Yep. And uh, yeah. So I'm now gonna... that was no, you said that man that fucking hit me. What you just said. It's like the first podcast we did. We were talking <laughs> something. I go motherfucker. Yeah. And when you said that, I go. Yes, because you, you give away some of the shit. I mean, you let go of some of the shit that was like you held up in here and finally like, fuck it, man. So, mom, what if, you know, you, 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 if something happens, you know, you chance to, and you hold this hand and something happens, you don't chance to say this. And I get that. And it's like, yeah. And, and like I said, and every now and then I go, fuck, man. 
could have won that fucking tournament if it wasn't for Mama, you know, or I could have this and that if it wasn't for Mama, like, or I, you know, I mean, yeah, I could have maybe have a better relationship or have a, or want to have, or want to get married and have somebody if it wasn't for my mom or my dad or them, like, fucking fighting like Ali Frazier in my right. fucking house and, you know, me going, fuck this. Yeah. I want none of this. Whereas, like I said, and I always say in my act, I said, it's a cop out because my brother, so the same shit. He's been, he's married, he's on his second marriage. He's doing great. Where me, I was like, nah, I want none of this. I yeah. want, and I remember being a kid, I remember being maybe first grade going, fuck this. I want, n-. I didn't know what the word fuck was, but I said, fuck this. I don't want none of this. Yeah. I want, I remember just watching my mom and dad, like my mom throwing bricks at my dad, my dad ducking. I was like, fuck. And then for some reason, I don't know, I, I, first of all, I know we had bricks in the house. So I was like, first of all, I was like, Doug Daddy. And then I thought, where did Mama get those fucking bricks from? Where did she get those bricks from that she threw at my dad? And I go, wow. And then I thought to myself, okay, that's good. And then to watch my dad have to put, you know, push my mom in the garage and lock the door on her. And her banging on the fucking door. My dad going, and having a tear go down, I go, motherfucker. I mean, your dad's the strongest person you know. My dad's like 6'2". Y'all fucking man's man. I remember watching him on the yard, had a big vein in his arm. Well, my dad's a fucking man. Watching him cuss people out and, you know, be getting fucking people's faces. And him having a tear go down, like, mom was fucking, they were going at it. He was like, didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. He was like, and had that look, that look in his, that look of fear and just fucking frustration. When you're a kid, seeing your dad go through that, and your parents fighting, I go, fuck this shit, man. I want none of this shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, maybe I should go to counseling, but it's like, man, you know, it's going to cost me. I'll just kind of do it on stage and try to make it funny. <laughs> then sit on some fucking couch and yeah. have some fucking shrink who... Who is he listening or is she listening or you know how yeah. do I get over this and I don't know man you know I mean yeah. it's like fuck I just hopefully maybe I can if not then no oh well yeah well when I first uh, decided to stop drinking and smoking weed and all that shit I was all set to go to a rehab I was like I'm gonna have to go to a rehab to do this and somebody suggested I go to see this uh, counselor and I went and talked to her and. She happened to be, you know, it's just weird how life works out. Like I didn't have a, I didn't have my debit card with me, and I, or I had a debit card with me. I had no cash, and I thought, well, I got a credit card, and she didn't want to take it, and uh, she just took cash or whatever the deal was. And anyway, long story short, it ended up being this. Um, I wasn't even. I was about to leave. I was like, well, fuck it. You don't take it. You don't take a credit card. Then I'm just leaving. And I ended up staying. And she convinced me. She was like, well, maybe you should just try. Uh, go into an AA meeting instead of going to rehab and it costing you $2,000 or whatever. So I went, I did go to some AA meetings and I did for a while and I still don't think I'm an alcoholic. I just was a problem drinker. And, uh, but it taught me like what I, you know, I think almost everyone should go to a 12 step program because we all have shit. We don't know why we do it, but we still do it. And it's, holding us back and fucking up our lives and uh it can be a really cathartic thing to see all these other fucked up people and learn the steps that the 12 steps really teach you where your character defects come from and so i never went to rehab i just quit drinking and i kept seeing this counselor about once a week and she started slowly but surely making me realize where all my shit came from and and where that i was still reacting to where I was, to when I was first traumatized, 
and then you then you're, then you're then it gives you the tools to be like, oh well, I'm reacting like I like I did the first time I got uh, abused or whatever the case may be, and but now I'm a grown man and that shit doesn't have to affect me. But I just lucked up in finding her. She wasn't expensive. And I haven't seen her in a while now, but uh, every now and again, I'll, I, I call her and go see her, you know, and it, it fucking helps like crazy. But you have to find the right one, because some of them, like you said, just want you to pay their car payment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I don't know, though, because I've never, I never even, I never actively... Which is part of why I believe in God, because it was almost like, it was almost like... Um, it's serendipity. Yeah, the way this, the, the way that, I, I can't exactly remember how it worked out, but the way it worked out, like... I think I may have been ready to go see someone else, and I just ended up seeing this woman instead, and it was kind of an accidental thing. And but it worked out. It worked out, and it was almost like, like it was meant to be. Like God helps those who help themselves, kind of a thing. Like there's no and that that kind of thing has happened to me too many times for me to think it's just all a fucking accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Everything that happens to you, good and bad in your life, has led you to this moment. And, you know, you ain't perfect, I'm not perfect, but you're a great dude, and you seem to enjoy the hell out of your life, and that's how you have to look at it. Otherwise, it'll drive you crazy. Like, maybe you should have gone to the Webster Tournament, and you probably would have won it, but then your life would have maybe gone this way. Instead of being this way, and you wouldn't be here doing my podcast, you might be. Saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel you, brother. You, you have to look at it that way, otherwise it'll drive you fucking crazy. See, that's, that's <laughs> what the fuck I'm talking about. It's, man, it's funny. We're doing this, and I'm loving it, it's having fun, and then when you start talking about your mind, it, that, it made me fucking want to cry, because I was like, fuck, dude, that's, and then it's like, ah, and it's like the, the first time we did it, we, we were talking about something, and and you said something, I go, fuck, yes. And every time you start talking, man, it's like, we get to that point and I go, oh my God, yes, <laughs> bingo. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking, dude, man, it's, yeah, th- this is our, this, to me, right now, this is our, this is my psychological, I mean, our psychiatry moment. Like, I feel like I'm literally on the couch and you're, and it's like, yes, it's like, like you said, it's led me to this moment. It's like, yeah, now I'm thinking, okay. You're right. It took me to this moment, but now, like, I don't know if I should feel like I should be doing this or that. But it's like, I don't know. But you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I should. Okay, now that I got this out, we got this out. Maybe now I want to get married. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still don't. But it's like, yeah. I don't know. I feel better. I feel I feel more emotional about it. But it's like, okay. But I feel good about. You know what I mean? It's a good emotion. Like, okay. Now, as you said that, I go, yes. And then it's like, okay, but where do I go from here with this? Like, do I, like, I don't have any animosity to my mom anymore or any, my, right. like, and my dad was just, just I mean, strange, but he never touched me. He was just more, more of a vocal thing. And I remember, I think, I think what happened with my dad growing up was, I remember, he, he had more of a booming voice and he was more intimidating. Like, my dad, I mean, he saw how my mom beat the shit out of us, so he didn't really, he didn't fuck with it. Like, my dad gave us a whooping once, he literally took the belt off, and he was like, he literally went, I mean, literally went like this. Like, it was like, almost kind of gayish, kind of like, <laughs> he like, whooped us like this because he was so big and so, he knew he could hurt it. And, and I think it hurt him to have to discipline us. And we were being shits, I'm sure we were. Yeah. And he had to. His, hey, boy, that wasn't working that day. So he had to, 
Uh, he didn't want to because he, he, where he came from, his dad left him and he had to get adopted. And I think that's why he was such a great dad. Yeah. You know, husband-wise, I don't want to get into that. I mean, with the, the husband, men and women, husband, that has no bearing to me on being a good parent. Because yeah. that's just, that two people getting together, that's fucking hard, dude. But being a parent, that's why he was such a great fucking parent. And, you know, both of them were actually great parents. But mom was the one that did the physical, take the belt off and beat the shit out of us in a Walmart and wherever. She yeah. had no problem just whooping the fuck out of us. But my dad, it hurt him to do that. I could tell, even then, even being a shit and realizing we're going to get a whooping, had to give him my belt. I could tell, even then, that it was hurting him to do that. Yeah. And he was like, and he like, boy, I said, and he was like, Mm. <laughs> and a man, and I mean, it hurt me to see that it hurt him to do that to us. Right, yeah. And so it was like, wow. But And I remember we were in the car, and I was in, I think I was a senior in high school maybe. And man, I'd always respected my dad and this and that. And I was talking like, hey, boy, you ain't going to do this. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then one day I just had it. <laughs> we were going somewhere. And he go, you ain't going to do this. And then he's yelling at me. And I go, quit yelling at me as I'm driving. And they just get that nasty silence. <laughs> I go, oh God. <laughs> and you know what? It worked. Yeah. For some reason, it worked. And man, like we never talked about it or whatever, but I think he was, I guess he was like, this is his man moment, I yeah. guess. You know what I mean? Like, and we said nothing else after that. I mean, it was like, that was it. But I just remember him yelling, and I just, and I was like, I just, I go, this is it. I can't fucking take it anymore. And I go, quit yelling as I'm driving. I go, I turn, and I go, quit yelling. <laughs> and that was like, and I think to this day, it's the most manly thing I've ever fucking done in my life. Really? Yeah, man. And I think, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't really animosity with my dad after that. But mom, it's it stung in there for a while. Like I don't know why, but it just I guess it was different because I felt she was so overbearing and and whatever. And I remember my brother it was funny because my brother was kids would get out of line. My mom goes, "Why don't you beat these kids?" And my, my brother goes, "I'm not gonna beat my kids the way you beat us, mom." And, and had to shut her up. She didn't really? Shit, yeah. But and I hate people think. But people think the way I portray my mom, like she's but no mom is great. She's just different. She just has her. You know what I mean? She's really a good part. Just. I don't know, for whatever sure. reason. I mean, I remember talking that. What hurt me, man, talking to my mom, what hurt me, man, was like we were talking one day. And we, when we go back to Oklahoma, my mom cooks for me. I get fucking fat. We sit on the couch. And we watch, now it's watch Chicago PD. Fucking reruns. We, yeah. we have a Chicago PD marathon. And I remember my mom, we were talking about high school or something. And like, because some of the characters, some of the high school mom goes, why would you want to go back? She goes, why would you want to go back to high school? She goes, nobody liked me in high school. And that, and the way she said, she, she said something like, I didn't have any friends. And that, that, and it just hurt me. I go, why, Mom? Sure. She goes, I don't know, this guy's had this one friend that was so-and-so, and we used to walk together all the time. And these one girls said, why do you want to walk with her? Be our friend. And the girl left my mom and started walking with these other girls. And, man, I think that was my mom's moment to where, I guess that, that was her moment and how sure. she became a part. And that hurt me to hear her say that. And, and it all made sense. Yeah. Hearing that, it finally it took 49 fucking years to realize why my mom is the way she is. And I think that's the moment. Yeah. Cause I remember my grandma, my grandpa telling me, I used to think my cousin, I used to think my Aunt Rosetta was the toughest of the sisters. There's four sisters. I used to think my, I used to think my Aunt Rosetta was the baddest. My, my grandpa goes, no, your mama was. He goes, your mama was a bad bitch. He didn't say bad bitch. He goes, your mama was bad. She goes, these girls are going to jump on your sister or was you going to jump on your Aunt Rosetta and your mom beat the ass. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, your mom was the baddest one all of them. Yeah. 
it's okay. Yeah. When I was growing up, I always thought that my uh, that we my brother and I were both state champs in wrestling, and I thought we got it all from my dad. And come to find out, I mean, we lived our whole life um, trying to live up to what he what he told us he did. He told us he was an undefeated state champ his senior year. And come to find out, he wasn't even that good. <laughs> and, oh, and, oh, oh. And, and all the uh, and, and my brother and I were both undefeated state champs at one point, and. But to come to find out, it was all from my mama's side. She, all the ath- all state athletes and all that shit, they were all from my mom's side. It wasn't it wasn't the Gaither side, you know. I love the Gaithers because they're my family, but they ain't athletes. <laughs> that was all, that was all from my mom. <laughs> um, um, what the fuck is I gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love these. These are for this. This podcast is for us. This is our. This is our. This is our. This is my therapy, man. Well, the good news for you is I take cash, credit card, <laughs> check. <laughs> how about a how about a coupon El Pollo Loco? <laughs> I, I don't eat there no more, man. Vegetarians, but... I don't eat that shit no more. So yeah. Are you a vegetarian? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, I'm All weird right. like that, man. No, that's not weird. Yeah. Uh, I watched a, uh, which brings me to something I wanted to talk about. I watched this thing called uh, What the Health about. Uh, it's a documentary about why cancer and diabetes and heart heart disease is so rampant in this country and come to find out all the things that cause cancer the meat industry the dairy industry that causes diabetes that causes all this shit they're all sponsored by the very things that cause those those diseases cancer association the american heart association and diabetes association are all sponsored by the very things that cause those diseases. It's the most evil, fucked up shit you've ever seen. I know. Which brings me to my next point, is this documentary we watched last night, um, about, it's basically about aliens. It's called Unacknowledged. Have you heard of this documentary? I will watch it now. Well. Thanks a lot. It is eye-opening, dude. Back in the, you know, Roswell and all that shit, where the, you know, the crash, and they said there were aliens and all that, well... This documentary, in a nutshell, is about all these uh, people that were in the Air Force and and all these like higher ups that have said that aliens are real and they're keeping us from from basically there's like a I'm gonna fuck this up. You have to see the documentary, but there's basically a piece of like the motherboard of this ship. Yeah. And with this tech, it was almost like the aliens. Um, I want to watch it again because there's it's. It's, it's not an easy thing to digest, but ba- the gist of it is that the aliens saw what we did to Japan, and they were like, uh, we have to, this is not how it needs to be. You don't need to kill each other. So they basically brought us this, this piece of uh, their mothership that with this technology, there is no reason in this country or in this world for anyone to be hungry, for there to be any war, to be all this shit... And all, and it's not like a bunch of conspiracy nuts or whatever talking about this. It's like people who were high up in the Air Force and the government and all these big wigs talking about it, basically saying, like, there's a small percentage of the population that is doing some evil-ass shit. Yes. And, and it's basically all just so they can stay richer. And the gist of this thing was that we are a hundred years behind where we are supposed to be right now, evolutionary, evolutionary speaking, like... As far as no one should be hungry, nowhere on this planet, not yes. just in the United States, which we yes. see fucking hungry people all over. The, I could walk 150 yards that way, you know, and find a, a guy that is 
batshit crazy walking around and, and yeah. you know. I mean, Iowa could feed the world and put their corn alone. And true. Me yeah. too. They really could. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent behind. I, I've always believed aliens and it's, I mean, I don't know about you growing up, but like, you hear your parents talk and you, okay, you think like, uh, you know, that basic, I don't know about you, you know, Midwest, but that train of thought, no, that's crazy talk. Then you get older and you seek knowledge and you go, wow, now I believe in that. And also, I remember having a conversation with this guy at the, in LA airport, he was a vegan bodybuilder, you know, and he was telling me, and I believe it now, he goes, he goes, that's, you know, I just want to ask why, he goes, wow, because... We eat, you know, say we eat meat, say you eat beef, whatever. He goes, and they're going to the slaughterhouse. Those animals know they're going to get killed. They know that as they're going there. So right before they get killed, they have that stress in their bodies. Like, oh, here it comes. And we eat that stress. Yeah. And we eat that stress. And so we, and that's why we got the problem we have. And there's also mother shit too. I mean, there's also, they're injecting these fucking animals with, with stuff. They know. And they, they have, I'm sure they have a think tank or a, a, a building or whatever for them to go, we can lose this much of the population. We can do experiments in this. We're going to lose this much. And that's why, personally, I think that you can't get apricot seeds. Because that's there's a village somewhere, I think Peru or something, no one has cancer. And I think you eat apricot seeds. That's why, I try to get apricot seeds and see what fucking happens. Man, I, and here's what I do every now and then. Every now and then on Facebook or Twitter, I'll throw something out there that's kind of like, I'll read some of So, apricot seeds. Hey, anybody know apricot seeds? I lie to you not, man. My DM... On Messenger. Hey man, what's wrong? You got cancer? Hey man, that's illegal. You know what I mean? I'm talking, boom, man. Just throw some shit out there that's kind of controversial and just see it. You know, just like, and I just threw it out there like, let's see. Let's just toss this fucking grenade and see what happens. P people know. And, and if they don't know, I mean, there's some stuff that people fucking know. And so, my thing is, if you get apricot seeds, I think, they, I think they're effective in fighting cancer because... They wouldn't be so hard to get. Like there ain't no money in the cure; it's all in the treatment. Exactly. I had a college professor tell me that that if we cured cancer, we would go into the biggest depression this country has ever fucking seen. They don't want to cure it. They don't want. And they, they could have cured it a long time ago. And I think that's why they had back in the day. They had that evil like marijuana's evil because they know where to cure shit. Sure. Marijuana's evil. That's a drug. Marijuana's evil. you know. And I think that's why they did that shit even to this day, man. So you can't fucking trust the government. It always boils down to some co some small group of cocksuckers somewhere getting Illuminati. richer Illuminati. by and people think when you talk this way that it's crazy, crazy or you're a conspiracy nut that is bullshit. People need to open their fucking eyes and realize that there is a very small percentage and I don't know a lot about the Illuminati but I I don't trust the government at all. I talk about 9/11 and all this shit and people are like you know, I've 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 lost friends, or not? No, you not lost them, but um, gotten into some arguments with friends about that shit. That I'm like, man, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I don't know exactly who did 9/11, who was at the bottom of it, but the official story of it. And the way that building please. went down like this, and ten the, seconds a piece, looked like it was blown up from the bottom. Yeah. I mean, like you listen to the, it's like you know, it's almost like it's almost like Hollywood. They tell you this movie's great, and you go, "This is a piece of shit," but it's art, so it's you know subject. But it's like, nah, or or this guy's the most talented guy. You're going, huh? Yeah, <laughs> this guy's talented. <laughs> yeah. But they keep throwing at you. This guy, he's everywhere. Oh, he must be good because they're telling you this. Like, but it's that thing where they keep beating you, and right? Beating you, and they keep throwing, and you go, and it's like, oh yeah, this guy's talented. And it, it takes the people to go, 
who matrix it like no he's not yeah no he's not you know what i mean yeah. and, and 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 to me and it's with that and i remember talking to this dude man and that's why i say i love it every now and then after a show you get somebody because i said every now and then i go to you know i'll do my show and i'll be like yeah hey, but every now and then i'll step away from it i don't know about you i'll step away from it mm -hmm. and go somewhere i've never gone with it and like say i say the real me the stuff that i don't trust myself to talk about, I don't trust myself to how to make it funny, but how I really believe. And I'll say something like, the government fucking is killing us, and they know they are, because they can't afford, because Social Security is breaking down, and they can't afford it, and, they, and so they're going to kill it, and they know how much, you know, like I said, they know how many, they can uh, afford to lose this many percentage to cancer, or to whatever, and they know, and I said some shit like that on stage, and this dude after the show goes, yeah, man, he goes, you know, I got, I got friends in the health industry, and they, uh, they know this and that, but they're afraid to write a book because everybody who's exposed to truth ends up dead. Yeah. He goes, they end up dead. But, and he wasn't saying it in like a, like he just said it a matter of fact, but to the point you sure. know it's true. As a matter, you know, he, I don't know about you, but you can just tell him if somebody's lying or snap or if somebody's right. telling the truth and they're like, yeah, man, he can. And I was just like, this guy says some shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, okay. Yeah. And then obviously somebody else came up and he, and I'm, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'm a firm believer in that, man. I'm a firm believer we can cure all this shit and the government lets us die. Yeah. Because they don't, I mean... Because a small percentage keeps getting more and more filthily, disgustingly rich, rich. And it's like, how much money do you fucking need? We could power this fucking world with natural energy, with, with windmills, with solar power. But but they know that and they go, okay, fuck, we can't have that hat. Because uh, the oil, we need this much for the oil. And if they lose, I mean, I mean, oh, we lost this much money, fuck that then. So they go, well, let's invest our money in, in this energy, but we'll say... Will say this is bad because, or they'll go, okay, you can only get so much of a kickback from this because they fucking know, man. Yeah. They fucking know. Have you seen What the Health? I probably have. I've watched a lot of documentaries, so I probably did. Dude, I probably I'll, did. I'll, I'll, I'll text you a bunch of decades. I want to watch it unacknowledgeable, but I'm, I'm going to be scared to watch yeah. it because it's like, Unacknowledged. When it's over, I put a thing on Facebook. It was late last night, and quite a few people responded to it. And But I was basically just saying, like, um, look, uh, I urge people to watch this because we are being lied to and brainwashed every fucking day. Yep. And that is, uh, that's not me being some nut job in my basement with a tinfoil hat on. That's the fucking truth. I, be I believe it. And people need to wake up and realize it or it's just going to keep happening. And but now it is. I got a son coming, I'm like, I can't bring him into this fucked up world. But you are, though. But, I, I, mean, I but, am, but it. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It could be. It could be so much better and changed. And someone was like, "Well, aren't we much better off than we were?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, but it don't mean we're anywhere near where we should, should be. be." Exactly. You know. And the thing about it is, here's the thing about it: you can have your son teach him the way you want, and he'll go to school and meet some fucking idiot. And for some reason, your son goes, "Hey, you know what Jimmy's parents said? <laughs> Jimmy's parents." <laughs> Come here, son. Jimmy's parents are fucking idiots. That's gonna be my hardest. The hardest part for me about having a child is is all the idiot, the idiots that I'm gonna have to encounter because of him. Like as far as like weeding him through that shit and navigating him, and being like, son, there are certain people in this world who are gonna tell you things that aren't true, and they're they all have their agendas, and we're all fucked up for our own reason, but. Stick with me, boy. Yeah, you like, don't move off that. You'd be like, you know, honestly, I do a bit about, it, but it's the truth. It's like my new roommate's kid. It's not my kid, but I held that motherfucker two hours after he was born, and I felt that emotion that you're gonna feel when he's born. Yeah. And you hold him, 
you're gonna be like, oh god, because I was about to cry, and that's not my kid, yeah. right? I'm, and I'm like, and I'm holding him, like, oh god, and I feel like I'm about to cry. I'm like, oh god, and he's like, and he's like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, fuck, okay, I give him back. I'm like, fuck, man, fuck. I'm like, fuck. It's not my kid. It's not my kid. Fuck. But I feel it, right? So we go to pick him up from Head Start. Oh, not Head Start. Fucking uh, the, the fucking chick he goes to. All the kids. Thank you. Thank you. We go to pick him up, right? So he's hyped and everything. And I'm, all right, ready to go, buddy? And I'm like, kid, are you his dad? And I'm like, no, man. And, you know, his, mom, his mom's, you know, lesbian. She's like, no, he's not. So, well, thanks for answering for me, but I was good. <laughs> so he's getting ready to go. And all the kids go, you know, Isaac pushed Carter down today. And I go, who's Isaac? I mean, I was, it was, who's Isaac? Yeah. And all the kids go, and they all point this kid. And this kid was like, I go, why'd you push him down, Isaac? I mean, but I wasn't trying to, but right. that, that instinct go, why'd you push him down, Isaac? Right. And then my roommate was like, BT, I go, why'd you push him down, Isaac? And he was like, huh? I go, don't do that again. Do you understand me? And he was like, BT. And I was like, no, don't do it again. And, I, and it was... It was something I couldn't control. Like I do it as a joke now, but it's like it was just an instinct. Like I, like don't do it again. Understand? Yeah. And I don't know if he was a. He, to me, he seemed like he was a year or two older. And this is kids being kids. Who knows? I mean, like sure. that kid. He, he might have fucking punched. He's punched kids before, but who knows? Yeah. But I go, don't do it again. Understand? And this kid was like, you can tell he, he was almost shaking. And I was like, you understand? And then I walked out. I go, I told him, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just can't. The fact that he pushed me, I, I can't fucking take that. And I said that. And then her kid, man, it's funny, right? He goes, I'm trying to be all serious and he's leaving. Then he goes, and all the kids were at the window going, bye, Carter. And he, and, and the faggiest one, he goes, bye. And he walked away. I go, God damn, man. You know what I mean? I mean, he's all faggy, like, bye. It's walking out. And man, it, it, like, it made sense. Now I had to laugh, but that instinct, man, it's like, yeah, because you want to protect your kids from the element. And, I, and man, and I'm sure the parents ain't going to hear this podcast, but I think that kid's going nowhere. <laughs> I hate to say that. I think that other kid's going nowhere fast. Right. And I don't want our kid to be anywhere near that motherfucker. You know what yeah. I mean? And it sounds horrible. And it really does. And I, I should feel bad for saying it, but I'm not. You know what I mean? It's going to be that one kid. You know, like, you see them kids, you go, oh, man, I feel bad for this kid. But I don't want this motherfucker anywhere near my You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I don't want him nowhere near. Because yeah. my philosophy, and you're going to, hopefully, I think you'll feel the same way is, you know life is going to rough your kid up eventually. Something's going to happen. You're going to heart broke. Nobody gets out unscathed. Something's going to happen. Like the physical part, it's easy. Like, oh, man, you had to crash on your bike. Sorry, buddy. Or this and that. Ah. But it's that mental where you, yeah. you're going to see it's like going to fuck. And my philosophy is if you can just delay that process as long as possible, I don't see the reason. I don't see what the harm in that is. Yeah, my, my brother has done a magnificent job of keeping his kids so innocent just as long as possible and I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Um, like I mean, Mormon I innocent. I knew shit at age seven that my 17, 18, 20 year old nephews didn't know yet. And, yeah. And they don't need to know all that Exactly. Shit. They're going to be plenty of time for that. Yeah. Life is going to kick them in the balls eventually. But yes. I, my kid's childhood, I'm going to extend it as long as possible. Delay it, man. Yeah, yeah let them grow up Mormon, man. I mean, they seem like they got a good grasp of shit. Yeah. And that I mean, whole, for a little bit. That whole protective thing, you know, I don't know if it's the wrestler in me or what, but like we find different ways to to get to motivate ourselves. Like, like I'll be working out. I'll be on a treadmill and I'll start thinking about like if my kid does wrestle. 
and I'll think about some dude like snatching him by the arm, you know. And like I think <laughs> I, I have these fucked up fantasies of like coming out of the stands and being like, "You touch my boy, I'll stick you in the fucking ground and shit like that." <laughs> Get all fired up, and I'm like, "Fuck it, if that's what keeps yes. me working out, then yes. that's what I need." But that's what I mean. Yeah, man, <laughs> it sounds bad, but yes, that, that's what your job is on earth to do. And whoever that kid's dad is, he's gonna, when you go down there and it actually happens in real life, he he better fucking understand why you did that. He'll yeah. know. Yeah. Like, don't you ever fucking touch my kid and, or have your kid fucking, you know, like, yeah. hey, if it's not me or whatever, and somebody touches you, you fucking, you turn on jab, you turn on the fucking, keep this parallel, and you fucking, <laughs> and you twist the jab, make sure this knuckle lands as hard as fucking possible in their fucking nose or right in their sternum. And yeah. you are, teach your kid a good gut punch. Yeah. A good gut punch, it sounds bad. But he can lie about that. Did you hit it? No, because there's no evidence. <laughs> On a good punch, there's no evidence. <laughs> um, it sounds bad, but if you think somebody, a good gut punch that's not expected, it's just as good as a punch in the jaw any day. Yeah. It may go, ooh, and you can lie about it. I didn't hit him. When I was a kid, I had a thing about I couldn't, for some reason, hit someone in the face, but I'd beat the shit out of their body. Hey, th- bingo! I had no problem with a that. A good gut punch, dude. Yeah. Even fat kids hit a good gut punch. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm also going to teach my boy a, 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 a good headlock because I'm like, man, you never get too old or fat or out of shape to throw somebody in a headlock. And I, and I had a nasty one. And uh, even if he doesn't wrestle, I'm going to be like, look here, boy. <laughs> Bingo. A good Eric Zeman. Eric Zeman, motherfucker, headlocked yeah. me. Yeah, I'll always remember the headlock. To this day, to this day, I do this, Zeman. And I lie, I lie to you not. I'm doing this right now, Eric Zeman. Yeah. Till this day, man. Till this fucking day. Yeah. So good headlock, bro. Yeah, I, I I had one pretty naturally. Like from the time I was seven, I just would headlock the fuck out of everyone. And and one of my best uncle moments was showing my my little nephew. He wasn't the greatest little wrestler, but I I, I showed him a headlock in the stands, and uh, he went out there and I mean he was just. He was just, he didn't do nothing else. He was just trying to knock out, punch, headlock that kid <laughs> over and, it, and over and over. And the, I was just like, yeah. The headlock is the fucking, is the sucker punch or the haymaker of wrestling. Yeah. The headlock, I mean, it really is. At least in that level, you know what I mean? I mean, that's sure. why I like when it's done. Even in college, Division One, if it's done right and you, in the, I see it done all the time. And I'm like, oh, a headlock never works, huh? Um, Darian Caldwell, Metcalf, that yeah, match. Remember that? Headlock Metcalf, Jason Nolf from Penn State. He hits, he hits a lefty headlock all the fucking time. Nolf was a fucking beat. And it's beautiful. He's got one more year. And, but uh, Bo Nickel, to me, is one of the most... Bo Nickel, motherfucker, man. That dude is just... I bet he don't win it this year if, if Zahid Valencia goes 184. Isn't he done? I no, thought he's got one more year. I can't see anybody beat Nickel. If if Zahid Valencia from Arizona State bumps up to eighty four, I bet he beats him. For, nah, I can't he, see Nickel he, getting he, beat. He handed him his ass in freestyle. Did he? Yeah, we'll have to see. Did but, he? Oh, 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 oh. And on takedowns too, not oh. some freestyle. Valencia beat him. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I and Miles Martin in the same tournament. This was a couple seasons ago, but see Miles Martin. Honestly, I just think Miles Martin got lucky and won that time. I, I I for some reason I don't have no faith in Miles Martin. Really? I just I'm like. I'm, I'm happy he won. Yeah. Good for him, but yeah, I, yeah. We could have done three podcasts, BT. Man, we could have talked about conspiracies, wrestling. I have, I parents. honestly, this is the greatest shit ever. I'm not even just saying this, man. Motherfucker, this was cathartic and everything all into one. It's like, 
Man, I mean, you hit that part, and I was like, when you start talking about your mom, I was like, oh, fuck. And I felt like my chest tightening, and I'm like, fuck, man, I gotta keep it together. And then we're talking about the kids, and granted, we're coming from two different places. You're gonna have a real kid, and I got my roommate's kid, who I treat like, you know, because I'm not anything kid, so that's, that's my son. You, know <laughs> you say mean? that, you don't know. Nah, man, I'm 50 shooting blanks, bro. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just uh, Tony Curtis had one at fucking 80. Who? Tony Curtis? I'm not Tony Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to travel, bro. I mean, there's... I mean, Yeah, I only want one, too. People are like, oh, you're going to have another one. I'm like, motherfucker, you don't know me. I want one good one. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something that's going to be weird, man, and I've noticed since the kid, is that you're going to notice this. Sharp. Oh, yeah. Do let me tell you something. And they, you, can, you can buy these things and put the rubber on them. Sure. Let me tell you something, man. And to this day, I just all I think is, why do they make the sharp thing? Why can't they just round them off? Yeah. Why can't they just round shit off? They don't have to be sharp. And that's how I think now. Right. I think that now. Because he, you know, he runs to the house like, oh, I remember one time he was a kid. I mean, he's still a kid that he's three. But he was like maybe two. And something happened underneath the table. And I was like, no. And I, I put my hand underneath the yeah. thing. So he, he hit that. Like, yeah. And, and then like I then we put the rubber things on it and and then he I guess something happened because he was underneath and he went out like this and came up and I go ah he must have fucking bumped his head but you'll notice shit when you have your kid you're gonna notice shit like that the the the, the this right here I fucking hate these well, speaking of conspiracy theories it's probably because they keep the the little rounded bumper things in business making those fucking things. I, I don't care I'll make but that yeah, place a million dollars round the shit off I'll make a million dollars <laughs> I mean seriously man or or take a woodworking and fucking do this whole house over yeah it, I mean honestly man it's like you notice shit like that when you get your key you'll see yeah you'll be like oh fuck I mean everything like now it's like how come I can foss this can or like underneath the you know the, the bathtub I can think can't be rounded off or made from you know or styrofoam rubber whatever the fuck man yeah. you don't want your kid hitting that shit you notice shit like that I never thought it'd be that way but I am now yeah it's just part of I mean we're at an hour and thirty two minutes motherfucker that's a that's a movie we yeah <laughs> that's, we, we you know what that movie. is. That is skyscraper. That's what I was watching when you were texting me. Oh, really? I was like, I'm, 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 I'm going to get there too early. I go, fuck, I go see skyscraper. I go, it's, a, it's an hour 42. <laughs> and then we were at hour 50. <laughs> and then we tell you something. This is a lot more entertaining than fucking skyscraper. <laughs> skyscraper, it was, I was watching going, this is the cheesiest shit I've ever seen good. in my fucking... I mean, it is a popcorn movie. Yeah. I mean, it is the cheesiest shit you ever... You go, okay... You just okay. Go if you ever if you, if you go see it, go see it in the afternoon, the cheapest fucking possible, whatever the, the cheapest showing ever. Go see it, and you walk and you you might be fifteen minutes in if you make it. And you go okay. I'm not gonna see it. But go 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 see Sicario though. <laughs> what is it called? Sicario, uh, Return of the Soledad with uh with Josh Brolin and uh, Benicio del Toro. Okay. It's part two of Sicario. Okay. Motherfucker, that's a movie. Well, motherfucker. Well, we're either gonna make this one long one or shit. I might even break it into BT one and BT part two. Just do that, man. You know what you gotta do? How can you send that link to my fan page? Cause I definitely want to upload this. Oh, we will. Do yeah, that. absolutely. I want you yeah, to. My uh, my uh, guests are part of the the pimps on this thing, and I'm starting to get a lot more listens. You know, there's been many many times where I was ready to scrap this whole thing and be like, why am I even fucking doing this? Right. But, here in the last month, it's really 
uh, for whatever reason, starting to take off. So I think it's because it's real, man. I mean, because it's like there's no there's no frou frou with you. There's no you know um, I don't know. There's you're just a real motherfucker who happens to be a comedian. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're just real. I mean, there's no you can. I mean, I guess people do podcasts, man, real, but there's a I don't like the. It's like you can see. It's like if nobody told you and you were at a comedy club, you could tell an LA comic or an East Coast New York, New York Boston comic. You can tell. Yeah. You go, okay, this guy's from LA, or he's an LA comic. Yeah. Or this guy, you know, that New York gully kind of. Oh, that's some real shit right there. It's, oh, yeah. They know that with you. Where it's like, okay, this dude's fucking real. Let's say no. Hey guys, this is also podcast. Hey, how about the one time? You go, man, all right, I'm, I'm listening to this shit. You know, where your shit is doing that shit. Yeah, your shit's like real, like. Like some real emotions, like you know what? They, well, the older I get, too, the more I, I, I feel like I was put here for something. I think we all were, but part of my I think is I just want to, you know, I've been through quite a bit of shit in my life when I sit down and think about it, and survived a lot of shit, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of people who are, I don't know how to say this, but there's a lot of people who don't uh, know how to talk about that stuff, you know. Um, and it's because they've just pushed it down for so fucking long, and I feel like, you know, if, if, if I was to get some kind of fame, it would be, it, it couldn't have happened earlier, because yes. I could, wouldn't have been ready for it, but yes. now maybe I could actually help people, you know, not to sound like too, no, not man, to sound like no. self, I feel, you know. I, th- that's why I fucking love you, because man, we I felt the same way, I go, when I was younger, and it's been like, oh, I just want to be famous, and then... I, it's weird, man. Like, I still dream. I still have the dream. Dream's a little faded, but I still have, I still have the dream. But I go, you know what? If I had success now, I like to think I can handle it better because right. of where I am now mentally. Like, where I'm mentally now, honestly, and I really feel this way, if it wasn't for our limited garage space, I, st- I could live with my roommate and her son and be like, do movies and stuff and be like happy because... I'm, I just feel better about my life in fit in an aspect now that I've never felt before. Yeah. I just feel like I'm so happy. Yeah. As far as that goes. So, yeah. and I would love to have a success where I like, you know what I mean? Where I like, all I want now basically is just like to know that I could be, you know, financially stable. So I look at my bank account and go, okay, I'm good. If I get sick, I'm good. Yeah. Where now, I don't know about you, but now, I mean, you might, I don't know if you're, your chest tightens knowing the closer it gets to that baby, you know, birth of the baby, you go, oh shit, you know, do I have enough money? Then? And we're going to, you know, the work and everything. I don't know about you, but I would feel like that, you know, that, that water's here and you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh, you know, kind of like in the ocean where you bob up and down. Like, I feel my chest tighten sometimes thinking, man, you know, hey man, what you, next 10 years, do you still want to be doing this? Do you still want to be going to Vegas at one month out of the, you know, one week out of the year? And working and doing this and that. What if you don't headline? You still want to be a feature in doing this, or do you still? And I think about like, okay, you know. So you think about. That. I don't know about you, but my chest tightens sometimes thinking that. And I go, okay, fuck it, man. I said, then think about your life has been before, BT. You've always found a way. Yeah. If you keep trying to better yourself in certain ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Things have a way of working out when you do the right things, especially. And, you know, to answer your question, I don't. Uh, ever since. Ever since we she got pregnant, and that I found out it was a boy, like when I was when I was pictured having a kid, it was always having a boy. And ever since I've found out, um, my anxiety level has gone way down. It's like I've realized that like 
only a handful of shit. There's only so much that really matters. Yes. And most of this other shit just doesn't matter. And when I when it when he when he gets here, I know it's gonna be even ten times more that because I'm already like I know how to kill on stage. I can kill for forty five minutes straight. Boom, 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 if that's what I wanna do. But I'm also realizing big fucking deal. Say something. Yeah. You know, yeah, I remember you it ain't just about Bill Hicks was your favorite. Yeah, still I remember is. that. I yeah. still remember that. I remember that, man. Yeah, and I, I I know you have that in you. Thanks, man. No, seriously, I, I remember that. I remember everything, man. I mean, until I get a girlfriend, I forget a lot of shit. But yeah, <laughs> but I remember like you telling me, man, Bill Hicks, and you going over that. And now we talked about that, and I also remember like when I was working in Louisville, that dude pissing you off, and I really thought you were gonna fight him. <laughs> you were like, and, and this was motherfucker in the front row, and I was like. All right, and I, and I remember everybody kind of in the comment was like, like, what's going on back there? Like, you know, I was like, for some reason, I was really cool because you were really pissy, and I thought, this guy pissed him off, but I was like, I'm just going to do my set. Like, I wasn't trying to like, hey, Tim, you need to go, fuck it, man. so funny. Every, everyone has a Tim Gaither almost got in a fight story, and I'm like, man, I have changed. <laughs> yeah, that dude pissed you off that middle motherfucker. I remember that going, all right, Tim, you know what I mean? And I was like, but well, we had no beef, so I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, yeah, I've always, I've always liked you and felt comfortable around you. And obviously, yeah. we've talked for an hour and forty fucking minutes, and, and I didn't ask greatest. any of the questions. Um, <laughs> that's how we do. Which is though. how I like it, you know. I mean, yes. I only write the questions in case of an emergency, basically. But I, it usually doesn't have to. Uh, usually doesn't have to get to them, you know, depending on who who I've got on here, especially. And uh, yeah, man, you're definitely one of my favorite podcasts and people. Thanks, brother. In general, I mean that, man. I love seeing, uh, I love seeing you online and kind of, you know, there's some some people I, I wish, <laughs> without getting into all that. Um, <laughs> where can people find you, BT? They can find me on my Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Funny Man Six Eight Six Nine. Funny Man Six Eight Six Nine. Funny Man Six Eight Six Nine. I tell you right now, my main topics are always motorcycles. Motorcycles. I say some positive saying shit. Uh, post some wrestling videos, motorcycle videos. Friday, if I have, if I have uh, BWGF Fridays on my Instagram, and uh, and then I have my YouTube channel, which just consists of me reviewing my motorcycle races. And so, yeah, man. So that's mainly my thing, you know. And um, I mean, I still love the game. Like I still have goals for comedy. People think I've got away from it. I think I love it maybe more now, but it's like I want to. There's goals in comedy I still want to achieve. Like, you know, like, it kills me every year not to be in Montreal. And I got I to gotta figure out what I got to do. And I still got to figure out. I still got to trust myself more on stage to step away from the, 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 to just get fucking, I just want to be the realist. And just, and be, have, have that faith in myself to step away that it didn't have to be blah, 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 like a Kevin Hart. And I'm not dissing Kevin Hart. Sure. But to get away from the, the blah, 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 it's got to be this way to just slow it down, get the real you. Yeah. Boom, man. Kind of like, and just feel it, man. Let you know. Let people know that's the real you. When you get off stage, you go, "Hey, man, you're just the same." Yeah, that's not an act. That's fucking me. Yeah, I was telling my mom this weekend. I was like, I was like, you know, this weekend I, I was telling her about how I, you know, <clears throat> my goal was always to kill for the longest time, and I did that for almost two decades. And now, obviously, my first job is to get laughs, and that's what I want to do. Um, but I was like, I was finally starting to say some stuff. 
about like how we're supposed to be evolving into one human race instead of all this division and all this bullshit and the media trying to keep us apart and all this. And some people were like clapping and shit like that. And I wasn't killing with it. And sometimes I would make a point and I wasn't, it wasn't killing with it, but I was like, you know what though, mom? I was able to get them back whenever the fuck I wanted because I've been doing this shit for 20 years. Yeah. Make a joke about their chicken wings or whatever and boom, they're right back into, and then afterwards they'll come up to me and be like, what you said up there was a really good point and blah, blah, blah. And it, this, this is a fucking marathon, BT. Yeah. The good ones may not be heard of for the first two decades of their career because they're just, it takes so fucking long to get really goddamn good at this. It's one thing to do it and, well, I got 100,000 Twitter followers. Well, you ain't shit on stage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but also, and everybody's time frame is different. Sure, Some people get absolutely. it early. Some people get it early and they, and God bless them. And some people, it takes a while for that real you to come in. That's why I've always liked, I don't know about you, I always liked when maybe a big name comic or just maybe the headline, whoever it was, where it was nobody, say, you know, used to be you know, the Tuesday through Sundays, but that first night when not that many people were there, and it all breaks down, they got a Brett Farbit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like anybody, oh shit. I'm no, it's okay. Just love um, You know, like anybody can Tom Brady it, you know, where like, you remember Troy Aitman back in the day, he had the best line ever. He had Emmitt Smith, he had Novacek, he had right. Michael Irvin and, and Harper. So he could, you know, oh, Troy Aitman's great. But when that shit broke down, Troy wasn't shit. Right. Brett, Brett Farber was, okay, I ain't got no line, fuck it, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, I'm a Mississippi boy, I'll show you where. And he'll, you know, he had the boom docket, he'll fucking score a touchdown. And, and I always liked watching the comic when it wasn't polished. When it was like the kind of garage bandish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's not like the, the Saturday Night Show where you gotta bum 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 bum. You know, uh, it's packed, you gotta kill. Where it's more like a, you know, a little rough. Okay, that joke didn't work. Bum bum. Okay. And they're kind of, okay, it laughs here a little bit. And I like it a little rough like that sometimes. Yeah. You know? I like and that. that's where the good shit comes that's from where the too. Good Walk without the net. I tell, I tell people all the time, any advice I give comics, they ask for it. I said, walk without a net sometimes. Because sometimes comics ask that question to comics. The crowd, they know what the answer is. Boom, they got a joke. But you know what? Take a joke, you know it works. Take it a step further. Yeah. Ask the question that you don't normally ask. Or go someplace else with it. And when you're out, like, oh, shit. I don't have a net and I'm walking this tightrope across the Grand Canyon. Ooh, I got to focus. Yeah. And good stuff will come from that. Yeah. I wrote all my best stuff on stage. Um, you know, I can sit down and write and all that, and it'll be okay. But the stuff, the best stuff is just shit that I say, and I just keep saying it that way. Just keep, yes. Yeah. You'll get it. So anyway, we who knows? This might be one long, ginormous <laughs> marathon podcast, or I might split it into two. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. T1, but, T2? Yeah. T1, T2. Yeah. But uh, hilarious, BT, funny man, 6869. Um, and that's at everything. Twitter, Instagram. Everything. everything. Funny Man 6869. Funny Man 6869. As always, go to com. Help out little Bo Macon. Um, his parents and his family always need money for his uh, uh, rare disease. And uh, TimGatherComedy.com. All my social media links are on there. And uh, YouTube, Tim Gaither. All that stuff is on TimGatherComedy.com. So that'll make it easy for you guys. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. I appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, God bless all of you. Bye-bye.